This is Ballin' with the Bison, your home for everything you need to know about Bucknell women's basketball. Shovel out, Allie Johnson from 30 feet. Oh my! On the drive, shot blocked by Cap. And the ball game is over. The Bucknell Bison hang on for a humongous victory. Rebound, Tessa Brugler puts it on the floor once, goes up, bucket good, and the foul. Three-point play coming up for Tessa Brugler. Three seconds left, the Bucknell Bison are Patriot League champions in the 2019-2020 season. And now, here's your host, Joe Basile. And with that, we welcome you into this week's episode of Ballin' with the Bison. I'm Joe Basile, your host and play-by-play -play broadcaster for Bucknell Women's Basketball. Hope everyone's holiday season was good. Hope the new year is off to a good start for you as well as we get us our first episode of the 2022 calendar year. Hard to believe uh, that we're here already. Whole lot to get to on the podcast. We'll talk about the first three Patriot League games of the season for Bucknell. We'll take a look ahead at the two coming up this week, Lehigh on Wednesday and then American on Sunday. And of course, uh, we'll also have a chat this time. It's Emma Schaefer, junior forward, joining us for the first time on Ballin' with the Bison. Bucknell enters play this week, 10-4 overall, one win and two losses in the Patriot League, opening up league play on Sunday, January 2nd, with a 69-62 loss on the road at Army, then came home on Wednesday, January 5th, a 57-55 loss against the Navy Midshipmen, finally capping off the week, a 62-42 win over the Loyola Greyhounds on Saturday. It was a different kind of a week uh, for Bucknell, to say the least. It was the first two-game losing streak for the team since early in the 2019-20 season. It was the first two-game Patriot League losing streak since 2016 for this team, and the first 0-2 start in league play since the 2011-2012 season. However, the win against Loyola was was good and, and felt like the team, especially in the second half, kind of got back on track to where they were during the eight-game winning streak at the end of the non-conference. But there was just something about those Army and Navy games to start league play that felt different. You know, where the Bison had been very good especially on the offensive side the last six games in particular, really starting with the Vermont game at the end of November through the month of December. On the offensive side, struggled offensively against Army, struggled offensively against Navy, and the three-point shooting that had been one of the fortes of this team through the first dozen games of the season just completely went cold across the board as a team. Bucknell was number 10 in terms of three-point shooting percentage heading into conference play in the entire nation. They were leading the league, they were 10th in the country, and then just went absolutely ice cold from beyond the arc. The offense felt like it didn't have the same kind of continuity that it had had in the first 11 games of the season. And on the defensive side, more so in the Army game than in the Navy game, it felt like things were not as crisp as they had been previously. And, you know, after the game, had a chance to, to talk to Trevor Woodruff after the Army game on the radio and, and asked him if maybe the two-week layoff following 
another two-week layoff, uh, had any kind of role, and he kind of downplayed it. He said, no, I don't know how much of that is necessarily not wanting to make excuses, uh, and I don't know how much of that is true. I, I'm not a coach. It, to me, it felt like maybe that was a factor coming back from the holidays, having the Boston University game that was supposed to be on the 29th of December postponed due to COVID protocols within Boston's uh, program. I thought that maybe that might have played a factor. I could be completely wrong, and frankly, I probably am because, again, I'm I'm not a coach. I, I don't see things uh, necessarily the way that a coach would see things, and, and maybe I just ascribe play that is uncharacteristic to something that's easy, which is the layoff, uh, when maybe that had nothing to do with it, uh, quite frankly, at all. But what we do know is that the team bounced back on Saturday with a 20-point win over Loyola and held the Greyhounds to only 42 points in the game. It was quite an impressive effort for the Bison on Saturday at Soika Pavilion. Held Loyola to just 18 points in the first half, 9 points in the first quarter, 9 points in the second. And it was just a, a really strong performance defensively from the team. Lex Terrian, who ended up becoming Patriot League Rookie of the Week, went off for 23 points and 14 rebounds. But outside of that, nobody was really able to get going on the offensive side for Loyola. Talia Dixon was the team's leading scorer heading in. She was limited to only six points on three of six shooting. Uh, Bree Rossi, who we've become familiar with over the last few years as a nice player for Loyola, two points on 0 of 7 shooting. And, you know, nobody had more than... Five points except for Tarion and Dixon for the Greyhounds. And, you know, Dixon scored more than half of Loyola's points in the game. Meanwhile, for Bucknell, Cecilia Collins had 12 points. Taylor O'Brien had 10. A little bit of an off day for Taylor. Just 4 of 11 shooting to get those 10 points, but had 7 rebounds. A couple of blocks on the defensive end. Carly Kershaw had 14 points to lead the way for Bucknell on 6 of 8 shooting. A nice bounce back after she had a rough game against Navy on Wednesday. And you saw that balance return. You saw 18 assists on 22 made field goals. Those were the numbers that you were seeing at the end of non-conference play that you didn't see against Army, that you didn't see against Navy. Those assist numbers, the flow of the offense, the continuity of the offense, it was so much better against Loyola. And the Greyhounds were playing a zone most of the game. That's a defense that Bucknell has not faced a ton of this year. And when they have... They've struggled sometimes running offense against that zone. But especially in the second half and, and really from the second quarter on, on Saturday, the team looked quite good. They were knocking down shots. They were getting looks. And uh, it was a game that was played at a little bit of a slower pace than what Bucknell has run at throughout the season. But uh, again, a 20-point victory, 62-42 over Loyola on Saturday. And so three games through for Bucknell in the Patriot League women's basketball schedule this year. Teams are at all different numbers of games played because of COVID cancellations. But checking in at 1-2, and two, that puts Bucknell in sixth place right now. Boston University is the only 3-0 team. Holy Cross and Lafayette are both 2-0. Lehigh and Army are 2-1. American is 1-1. Then there's Bucknell at 1-2. Navy at 1-3. Loyola is 0-2, and Colgate is the only Patriot League team to have played four games so far, but the Raiders are 0-4 to start the season. 
a player who's been off to a really good start to the season for Bucknell this year, has been junior forward Emma Schaefer. She's been kind of buried on the depth chart behind the likes of Ellie Mack, Tessa Brugler, and Autumn Seppi the last couple of years, but has really learned from them and is growing into a much larger role with the team this year and has made a big impact on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball throughout the season. We had a chance to catch up with Emma Schaefer before the game against Navy. We talked to her about starting off conference play, what she learned from sitting behind those all-conference players the last couple of years, and got to know Emma a little bit as well. This week on Bowling with the Bison, it's junior forward Emma Schaefer. First game in like two weeks. That's got to be tough, right? I have these kind of long layoffs and then come back. Yeah, it was hard because we were in such a flow with non-conference and that Buffalo game especially gave us a bunch of momentum. And then we spent all this time preparing for Boston just for that to be canceled last minute and everything. So we just had to switch gears real quick. But that's that's league play for you. Just go one game to the next game. So we focused on Army and then now we're we watched film on Army, learned from our mistakes and everything. Now we just got to move on to Navy for tomorrow night. How tough was that to, you know, have that Boston game canceled, especially, you know, you thought after the way non-conference went that like, all right, all these cancellations, especially at the last minute, that's it's in the past, that's last year. And then all of a sudden it's it's just back again. Yeah, we kind of just like put COVID to the side and didn't think because we played every non-conference game that we we're supposed to. and We didn't have any issues or anything like that. So we thought it was going to go smooth. So it was just like kind of a wake up call that this stuff can happen and everything like that. And COVID's still a part of the world. And you never know what game's going to be canceled next. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talk about watching the film against Army. What were what were kind of the big takeaways, you know, from that game, you know, moving forward to make sure you don't, you know, do the same things that, that kind of led to, to the way it played out? Yeah, a lot of it's just, Coach mentioned going back to the basics. A lot of it was uh, defense on our part. I mean, give Army props. They made a bunch of shots and were shooting really well, and we weren't. But then we should fall back on our defense, and we just had lapses here and there. And we mostly focused on our defense yesterday in film and saw all the mistakes. And then it's really helpful because you, everyone can learn from each other's mistakes. Like one of my mistakes, everyone else on the team can learn for, and vice versa and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, especially for you going up against Sabria Hunter on Sunday, that's a really tough kind of assignment. It felt like you really, really played well. Like, what was the biggest thing for, you know, for you defensively, you know, going up against her and then, you know, looking at, you know, Navy coming up here on Wednesday, just kind of the, the challenges that the mids, um, you know, kind of kind of pose on that side of the ball. Yeah, Hunter was really good. She was averaging double doubles the past couple games coming into it. So I knew how to big uh, challenge against her and then um, Army as a team just averaged I think they lead the league or something like that with like 17 offensive boards so just really boxing out and limiting them on the glass which we did a fair job of but then switching over to Navy basically just like the same thing they don't have a girl that's averaging a double double or anything like that but it I treat everyone the same and they're the post is a post and they're a threat to me no matter what so I just got to do the basics and take care of them. For you on a personal level, you know, obviously this year your role is has grown in a big way with the team. What's how do you feel like, you know, for you personally, what steps do you think you've you've kind of made the biggest from your first two years into this year? Um, mostly just um, knowing everyone else's role on the team, kind of, and knowing I'm not the person that needs to go out there and score 20 points every night for us to win or 
take all these shots. I just limiting, like taking smart shots on my part and everything like that. And being okay with going out and setting a screen for Taylor or throwing a back door to CC and stuff like that. And not realizing every time I get the ball, I need to make something happen and score like that. Other people on the team are doing that. Yeah. It feels offensively, you know, especially in the Princeton sets when you're playing that high post role, it feels like you've kind of really taken to that. Was, was that something that you had ever done a lot before? Or is this kind of all new to you this year? Yeah, we actually ran a Princeton offense like that my junior and senior year of high school because, once again, I was, like, one of the very few posts on the team. So, yeah, I've had that role before, so I kind of know how the offense works and, like, look for the certain back doors or slips in the plays and just know where everyone else is going to be so I can hit them on those. Got you. So that's kind of how you, you develop just that that sense of, you know, how to throw the pass, when, and, and what to look for. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, you know, I – kind of looking on that side of things as well you know you, you look back at your high school career and you know thousand points 700 rebounds whatever it was you know coming into you know your college career what, what was it that and I know your parents are both Bucknell alumni but you know what was it that that kind of put Bucknell over the top versus I'm, I'm sure other places that were that were wanting you to come in yeah one of the main factors was academics just the academics here at Bucknell but then basketball part just the team like when I took visits here and my official and everything just staying with the team and seeing how close-knit they are and everything like that and it was just like a great culture to be around because they play for each other and it's not selfish or anything like that so it's just we're really close I mean we all live together we all spend all this time together since we're the only ones here on break and everything like that so it's just really nice to be a part of this close-knit team is this just the nicest part of the year for you guys where it's you know it's just you you know, the, the athletes basically here on campus right now and, and kind of just being able to focus, you know, ignoring the classes and everything else that go along with being a student athlete, but just being able to focus on basketball. Yeah, it's really nice because juggling classes and basketball is really hard when you go class all day and office hours and everything, then you have two to three hour practices at night and everything. So it is nice just to have basketball being that main focus and especially going into Patriot League play, just being able to focus just on basketball and not have to worry about classes or anything like that. How do you manage your time when you've got kind of all of that on your plate at the same time? Um, I learned time management a lot in high school because of my schedule and everything, but I mostly try to schedule my classes in the morning so I can get up, get my classes done, and then have all afternoon to do my homework or nap or anything like that. So then, because our practices tend to be later at night, so then I can just have practice and basketball focused at the nighttime and then after practice be able to go to sleep and still get eight to nine hours a lot of people on the team joke because I sleep the most on the team and they're like how do you go to bed at 10 o'clock I was like just great time management I don't feel the urge to stay up to midnight 1 a.m like other people do what um what were you what else were you involved with in high school outside of outside of sports and and kind of the academic side or, or was it just that those things were so time consuming for you um yeah I was academics national honor society and then i also did french club which was nice because i took three years of french in high school so i enjoyed french i mean i'm not really good at speaking it but just enjoy but yeah mostly basketball and academics take up the whole time and then in the summer it's hard too because au is really important that was really important for my recruitment and everything like that so i mean i had a job within a catering company my sophomore year but then it just got like my schedule changed day to day and everything like that. So it was just hard. Mm -hmm. 
how much French do you actually retain from that? Like if someone walked up to you and asked like, where's the library? Would you be able to, to understand it? Or, or is that just kind of all left you? Um, it's kind of, it's kind of left. Like I know like phrases here and there, but like it, when people speak uh, quick and everything like that in French, I'm like, I cannot understand it at all, but it was fun. Half the time when people talk quick in English, I have a hard time right, understanding. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then also working at a cater, what was what was what was that like? Like what was what was the biggest takeaway from that experience? I know you didn't do it that long, but I got to imagine that was unusual. It was. It was really fun because I like with my family growing up, we watched Chopped and other cooking shows, so I really like like the food aspect. And then it, one of my best friends from high school worked within the company too so it was really fun we just went to like different venues like weddings and parties and stuff and just got to serve food and it was really nice because probably the biggest takeaway was like um relationships with the people and everything like that because you got to make the small talk with them and like congratulate them and everything like that so just being more personal with people who is your favorite chopped judge uh that's hard i don't know i also haven't watched recently so i don't know if the judges have changed much but sure. yeah my, my my oh. sister loves the show and so she was home for the holidays and was just watching so much of it the last it's great it's like uh it's like a great competition show it's definitely a guilty pleasure um you talked about you know kind of coming in the team that was in place and obviously your first two years you know playing behind whether it was tessa autumn seppi uh ellie mack the last couple of years what were the biggest things that you took away from them about just the way that they carried themselves at practice in games and then on the court and, and just from an actual playing wise? Um, just their knowledge and experience, like coming in as a freshman, it really is humbling because you're mostly in high school, you're the main person on the team and everything like that. And that's how we all were. So it's kind of humbling. And just um, Tessa was one of the main people I looked up to and just like, she went through the similar experience that I did. Like she didn't play much and everything like that. And her first two years and then junior year, she started just like I am. So just know, like being able to ask her questions. I still text her every day. We still talk all that. And I still ask her questions and just knowledge and everything that she gained from going through similar experiences. What, how did you kind of, I guess, keep yourself in the right mindset? Like I said, when you're not playing, you know, playing about half the games, a couple minutes a game, you know, in the first two years that, all right, if my name gets called and, you know, now that it is, you know, your time to take that bigger role, you know, that you'd be prepared for it. Yeah. Um, coach just always talks in practice, like be ready when your number's called and everything like that. Cause you never know, especially with like COVID last year and everything like that and all the illnesses going around and injuries. So it's just being able to be locked in and like understanding, like I still need to know the scout the past two years and everything like that. Well, now I'm the one saying the scout and everything like that. And just being able to know like what I'm supposed to do if my number is called. Have you seen, you know, your leadership role change now that you are a junior and there there's two classes, you know, seven players essentially that are, that are kind of looking up to you and, and to Carly and to Ty and, you know, everyone else is, is kind of being those upperclassmen leaders. Yeah, usually one of the biggest things probably um, when we break down by positions, guards and post, and like um, we always end the huddle with P unit on three. And now I'm always the one that has to say it or like break down the huddle or 
as the starting post when I realized how people are guarding us and ball screens and everything like that. I have to call like Army was switching everything and I had to make sure like after the first time we ran offense that everyone knew that that the guards didn't pick that up and everything like that. So it's just like a big role to have these people like Kaylee and Nicole coming up and asking questions about plays whenever I was the one last year asking the questions about the plays and just it's a bigger role. Yeah, but I love it. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of one last one for you. This is something I've been meaning to ask since I think it came up on the Ohio State trip. You're a green belt in karate? <laughs> is that real or were they just joking with you about that? No, that that's real. When I was younger, my younger sister actually is a black belt. And I thought that was so cool that she was doing karate. So I started doing karate in fourth or fifth grade, I believe, and everything like that. And I only made it a couple belts in because then I was playing like softball, volleyball, basketball. So I had to give up karate and stick with the main sports. I was actually pretty good at. Have they ever made you do a demonstration like after practice or, or something like that for the team just as a. Yeah, I've, I've done a couple like moves or a routine um, in the locker room one time. And I was like, never again. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious! That's great, but uh, that's uh, that's that's awesome. Also, it's it's funny. It's like, oh yeah, my younger sister was good. It, it, I guess you, you kind of look up to her and, and and follow her with a lot of things. How how old is she now? Uh, she, I, I remember meeting her at one point, but yeah, she's a junior in high school. Okay, she play basketball too, or she does. She plays basketball, and it's more just kind of fun for her but she throws shot put and disc for track because we kind of have like the same build and everything like that so she's trying to go to college for throwing nice yeah and she's she's been getting some looks and stuff like that or i don't know if track is the same way where you get recruited like super early for that stuff yeah no tracks like actually really late because whenever her and my mom came up in the summer to move me in here and claire looked around bucknell and the coach took her around and everything like that and i um she figured out it's like junior years like a really big year for track they recruit really late for some reason just i don't know so she's still like emailing schools and like i still help her write emails to college coaches because i was went through that and everything like that so i just help her out there yeah how much of that recruiting process is exactly what you just said where like you have to go out and you're contacting coaches and trying to create opportunity for yourself versus you know all right they know you're aau coach and like uh yeah schaefer might be a good player for you guys you should come check her out um well my AU coach was really good because he had a bunch of connections with a bunch of college coaches and just built relationships over the years so he usually asked like what schools are you interested in to all of his players and then would reach out to a bunch of schools or like there's a bunch of like coaches like Detroit Mercy or like Wofford which I also had offers from that were like he was really close with and multiple players he was sent like their elite camps and everything but a lot of it was just like, I remember me and my mom breaking down all of my AU games and making like a highlight film and sending it out to all these college coaches. And one day we sent out like 40 emails, like a bunch were like reach schools. Like I love North Carolina. I was like, why not send an email? It won't hurt. I mean, it's way, way reach, but it was just fun that one day to send out all the emails and then to hear back's like really great. And thanks so much to Emma Schaefer for joining us this week on Ballin' with the Bison. Conference play rolling on, at least as we sit right now on Tuesday afternoon. Two games on the slate this week for Bucknell on Wednesday night. It's a trip out to Bethlehem to take on the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Should be an interesting contest there 
as Lehigh, the Patriot League champions a year ago, also coming in at 10-4, and four, much like Bucknell, but the Mountain Hawks off to a 2-1 and one start in Patriot League play following a loss on Sunday on the road at Holy Cross. Then on Saturday, no game for Bucknell this week because they're going to be playing on Sunday on national television. CBS Sports Network picking up the game on Sunday against the American Eagles. That's a 4 o'clock tip at Soika Pavilion. And again, you can check your local TV listings uh, to see where you can watch that one, if not on the Bison Sports Network. Lehigh is a very interesting and familiar opponent for Bucknell. Obviously, the teams played five times last year. Bucknell won the four games in the regular season, then Lehigh won in the Patriot League semifinals en route to their Patriot League championship. The Mountain Hawks come in at 10-4 and four and are a tough team to exactly make out what they are. I think there's no question that they are a good team. They've got a lot of the pieces back from last year that helped them to that championship. Emma Grothouse is now in her senior season. Franny Hottinger is a junior. But they've dealt with some injuries and, like everyone else, some players sitting out for COVID reasons and, and other reasons over the last couple of weeks. It's hard to know exactly what to make of Lehigh, but I, I think without a doubt, it is a good team. Mentioned already that they're coming off a loss to Holy Cross on Saturday. That was an 11-point loss, but in that game, the, the big asterisk on it is, is that Lehigh was playing without Franny Hottinger in that game. Not sure why, but Hottinger has missed a couple of games here lately for Lehigh. Played in the first two Patriot League games, then missed the Holy Cross game. But even in the first two league games that she did play in that were wins for Lehigh, only averaged four points a game and was 2 of 17 from the floor, which is not like her really at all. She's a player who before that was averaging north of 15 points per game this season and right around seven rebounds a game. She's a really strong, dynamic player, but missed two games in December, didn't play on Saturday against Holy Cross. And so when she's been out there even, hasn't necessarily been herself. So, uh, again, don't really know what to read into that, but if Hottinger is not able to go on Wednesday night or if she's not able to be herself on Wednesday night, that is a huge factor for the Bison because Hottinger is a player who can absolutely kill you from beyond the arc when she gets hot. Um, just a player that you can't give any kind of a look from anywhere on the floor because she can really burn you, but just hasn't been in that right now, a preseason all-league selection was uh, Franny Hottinger this year. And then, of course, there's Emma Grothaus averaging 13.5 points a game, nearly nine rebounds a game, MVP of the Patriot League tournament last year. Fantastic player, great talented forward. Uh, if you've seen enough Lehigh, you know Grothaus is certainly a player to, to really keep an eye on. And then there's Mackenzie Kramer. Kramer, now a, a sophomore, had a really strong freshman year at Lehigh last year, it was a Patriot League all-rookie selection, and was really surprised to learn, actually, that she was the first Lehigh player on the Patriot League all-rookie team since 2016. It had been a long time since Lehigh had uh, an all-rookie team player. But Kramer this year has upped her game to a whole other level, shooting north of 40% from beyond the arc, averaging almost 16 points per game, seeing a bigger role within the offense, and just really taking off. And Kramer is... Someone who, talking with a couple of people from around the league, they've been really impressed with the way that she has elevated her game coming into this year. She's kind of a smaller player, 5'9 guard, not surprisingly from Minnesota, as is 
about a third of the roster for Lehigh players from Minnesota. And so Kramer seems to be kind of that next one in line to kind of step up and, and be an elite scorer for this Mountain Hawks team. And that's really what m- makes them dangerous. They have so many players who can score. They have so many players who have the ability to stretch the floor and shoot the three that it makes them very hard to defend. And, and that's what makes them an elite team in this conference. And it's going to be a tough challenge. And, and it always is, even last year when Bucknell won the four regular season games, those were four wars. I mean, the Bison had to erase a huge deficit in the fourth quarter last year at Stabler Arena in Bethlehem to come away with a win. And it's going to be even tougher this year with Lehigh, a team that is largely a year older. They've got that tournament experience from last year and a team that I think is hungry to go out and prove that last year was not some kind of a fluke, that it was something that they earned. And of course, Bucknell... Well, they've got the chip on their shoulder from the way things ended last year as well. That's been the case throughout the year where they're out to prove, look, we are back, we're here, and we're going to compete for a championship. And if you are going to compete for a championship, you're going to have to beat Lehigh on the road. And so that's what's going to make Wednesday night, 6 o'clock at Stabler Arena in Bethlehem, a tough challenge for the Bison. Coverage on the Bison Sports Network from Learfield at 5.45 p.m. Getting ready for that 6 o'clock tip. Then Saturday, the Bison are off because they're playing on Sunday. Instead, the game flexed to national television against the American Eagles at Soika Pavilion. That is a 4 o'clock tip. Coverage starting at 345 on the Bison Sports Network. American is a team that garnered a first-place vote in the Patriot League preseason poll, but they've been off to an okay start. They're 8-4 overall, 1-1 in conference play. I would say probably their their best win in the non-conference. They won at Virginia, 69-56, to but UVA is having a little bit of a down year. Outside of that, they've played a couple of tough teams, George Washington, Minnesota, Vermont, uh, and they beat Vermont in overtime. Uh, they beat a Marist team that's down a little bit this year from where they typically are in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Uh, beat George Mason, so a couple of common opponents there in Vermont and George Mason. But outside of that, it's been a lot of regional opponents for American this year. Not a lot of teams outside of the Virginia, Baltimore, Washington metro area. And so kind of hard to tell exactly where American is. Now, we do know they have the Patriot League preseason player of the year, Jade Edwards. And if you've seen Edwards play over the years, you know just how tremendous of a player she is. 14 points a game, six rebounds for AU this year. Taylor Brown averaging about 12 points a game and five and a half boards for American as well. And both Edwards and Brown averaging right around two and a half steals a game as well. So they can get it done on both sides. American's biggest Achilles heel is in the depth behind those two though. Emily Fisher and Maddie Doring are both over seven points a game. But then nobody else is averaging more than five and a half. So it's it's kind of that secondary and tertiary scoring that American really struggles to find. And in the games where they have that, those are the games that they're winning. In the games where they struggle to find that, it's the games that they're losing. And you could say that about any team, right? That's not exclusive to American. But it's the consistency that is the biggest question mark for AU in finding that. And if they're going to have success down the stretch in the Patriot League and throughout this league schedule, they're going to have to find that consistency. And 
you know, see who steps up and kind of can join as that, you know, steady scoring option that, all right, when Edwards is on the bench, when Brown is on the bench, for the very little bit per game that they are, um, you know, who is it that can really step up and take charge and be someone who can kind of put the team on their back for five, ten minutes throughout a game? Um, I think for me that that's the biggest question for American. What I think is not a question for American is that Megan Jebbia is a tremendous coach, and American is always ready to play. They're always ready to give it their all, and they're not a team really that makes a lot of mistakes. They don't do a lot of dumb things. They play very smart. Now, you look at their turnover numbers this year, 18 turnovers a game is very high, but they also turn opponents over. Their, their margin is not that high. But American is is still a team that plays very smart, is very well coached, and is certainly a formidable opponent for the Bison on Sunday, again, 4 o'clock at Soika Pavilion. We hope you join us for both of those games, Wednesday night against Lehigh, Sunday afternoon against American. If you can't make it to either one in person, of course, make sure you check all of the different protocols that are changing with the spectator policies at each individual school. If you're not able to make it on out, we sure hope you join us on the Bison Sports Network. Pre-game show starts 15 minutes prior to tip for each game. So that does it for us this week on Bowling with the Bison. I want to give one more thanks to Emma Schaefer for joining us here today and, of course, to you for listening here. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of Bowling with the Bison. Until then, I'm Joe Vasile. Thanks for listening.